Huh, interesting. Okay, let me just stop that and go. I just need to try this. And you have to say, remind me to at whatever time. Remind or, me to brush my teeth at 8 o'clock tonight. Okay, I'll remind you. A lot of soul. Hi, this is Rod Jans with Fuel Radio, and on the line with me today is Isabel Mercier-Turcotte. Isabel is a no-nonsense gal, helping people build businesses and lives that totally rock. She works with passionate entrepreneurs to create, communicate, and deliver massive value through innovation strategies, brand alignment, and performance coaching. She's known as the catalyst dedicated to empowering one million entrepreneurs, rock their businesses and lives into shape. Welcome to Fuel Radio, Isabel. I'm happy to be here. I love these episodes. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it too. We're <laughs> now on episode eight. We've done, we've done seven. I'm just going to go to the page here and <laughs> remind myself of what uh, episode seven was about. And uh, we talked about policies and procedures. Sounds kind of dry, but you made it fun. <laughs> well, you know what? It is. It actually is a lot of fun. And when we do it well, life is better, business is easier, you attract better ideal clients, and people love working with you. Um, nobody, as I said in the previous episode, you know, nobody wants to work with a, a non-leader or a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah. The one word I wrote down, well, I actually wrote a couple words down, but the one word was trust, yeah. that it inspires trust in the people that you work with when you have policies and procedures and you stick to them. It absolutely does. And it also, it gets you an opportunity to uh, be, you know how clients, I always say this, they sniff you, right? Like they want to know if you're ideal for them. Well, I happen to believe that we hire clients as much as they hire us. It's a two-way street. Yeah. And we need to be uh, in line with how we're going to work together, why we're going to work this way together, and why your methodology is why you have that methodology to move forward. And clients like to be led. They don't want to lead something. And even if people, if you think, oh, this client is totally micromanaging and that's, that's your indication that maybe they're not the right fit or maybe you need to actually really lead better so they don't have to. And policies and boundaries really set that up. It sets that up for yourself and it sets that up for your clients. And uh, operating without boundaries, is it becomes a total nightmare. You'll become a slave to your business. You'll work super hard for very little money. And all the seven warning signs in episode one, two, and three are caused by not having the key ingredients of this business architecture, which, which one of them is policies and boundaries, for sure. Mm -hmm. So if people want to go back and listen to that, obviously that's on fuelradio.com and they can find more information about that there. We also uh, had a couple of, or a giveaway, Eight Secrets to Getting Paid. So if you want to go back and find out more about that, then I encourage you to do that, or I invite you to do that yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So business architecture ingredient number five, key performance indicators. I'm sure if people have been around business at all, they've heard of KPIs, but maybe you could just tell us what those are. Yeah, they're there, uh, first of all, in, in this whole business architecture, we've, we've compared all these elements to what it would be like to build a house. And the KPIs for me, I consider that being the thermostat. Uh -huh. So it's what allows you to understand what's working well, 
what's not working well and what's missing to resolve just about anything in your business, including the feast and famine that we talked about uh, in, in the early earlier episodes. So key, key performance indicators are numbers that you keep track of that are indicative of how well or how not well you're doing. So for example, um, I'll give you an example with a large company, and then I'll give you a few examples with small companies so that everybody can relate to this. Everybody knows Gap Clothing Store. Mm -hmm. So Gap Clothing Store, um, their goal is to obviously sell a lot of clothes. And they've tried many different things internally to sell clothes. And what they do is they have competitions between different stores, different locations. Uh, their employees are, you know, they're taught to really be helpful and sometimes a little bit too much in your face. Uh, you know, they always kind of want to help you at, at, um, at picking items and stuff like that. They've discovered over, over time that nothing Nothing that they did previously, not even competition internally within the, the salespeople, nothing came close to understanding this, that if a, if a client, if I walk into Gap and I go to the change room and I don't have five items of clothing, if I have five items of clothing, sorry, if I have three items of clothing or less, the chances of me buying something are like 7%. <laughs> But if I have five items of clothing, the chances of me buying something go up to 98%. Interesting. Right? So yeah. it really is about understanding the sweet spot of certain of your numbers. So first of all, in key performance indicators, there are many different types of key performance indicators. Gross income, for example, that's a key, that's a, a key performance indicator. What is your gross income? What is your net income? At the end of the day, I don't really care about the gross. Um, you could be a, a $1,400,000 gross, but if you actually, if your expenses are $1,500,000, <laughs> you, you're not doing so hot, even though you're a seven-figure business. Right. So the gross is merely to create beautiful goals and, you know, and, and to, to know where you're going. However, your net income, is what I care about. I care about profitability ratio. So profitability ratio is a key performance indicator. Cost per lead is a key performance indicator. By the way, if you don't know how much it costs you to get a lead, you don't have a business. Hmm. You need to know how much it costs you to have a, to get a lead. I'm not talking about getting a project or a client. I'm talking about a lead. So for example, if you do Facebook ads and you're leading people to downloading an ebook, how much does it cost you per click, uh, not per click, but per registration? So if it costs you, uh, I don't know, $3 per click, and for that many clicks, you get that many leads, make the math and make sure that you understand that Josie has cost you $2.25 to acquire as a lead. Mm -hmm. And so understanding how much you spend to get leads is a really important key performance indicator. Um, other key indicators are, for example, uh, this is a small business example. I'll give myself as an example. When I had my branding agency 
uh, my first business, which was called Scenario Design years ago, um, we had a, a herd of employees. And I had to make sure that there was enough money coming in every month to pay the tremendous amount of crazy salary. I think we were at some point um, investing $75,000 a month in salary. Um, which is very, very small when you're talking about a gap store. But when you're talking about a small business owner local, you know, $75,000 of salary per month is, is, you know, you need to do, do a lot of brochures and websites to actually make that happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I discovered that I had a, a key performance indicator sheet. So literally I had a spreadsheet and I was keeping track of all referrals that month. So referrals received in a month, I was, it was very good for me to keep track of that. I kept track of how many proposals are out there in the pipeline. And over time, this is why key performance indicators are important. Over time, you get to create traction. You get to create data and information. And when you do that, you're able to tweak things. So I, I figured out over time that if I had, when I had $50,000 worth of proposals that were in prospects' hands, I knew that I was going to close most of those or at least a good 75% of those. So I knew exactly how my next month was going to be. Like I was able to predict if I was going to dip one month or not. Like So that whole feast and famine was indicated by the amount of proposals that I had in the pipeline because I knew my, my closure rate. And you can only understand your closure rate if you keep track of it. So I kept track of how many proposals do I have out there? And out of all these proposals, how many do I consistently close? And so by, by knowing that, I knew that if I had less than $50,000 worth of proposals out there, I, wasn't, I was creating problematic months ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So keeping track of how many proposals are in the pipeline, keeping track of how many projects I start in a month, how many projects I close in a month. Because, you know, if all your projects start at once and they all finish at once, well, you're creating a lull. So in order to not create a lull, I figured out that I had to make five calls per day. So I was keeping track of five calls per day. So long as I was doing five new prospecting calls per day. So if I went to a networking event, my goal was to meet five new people. And my goal was to book uh, a qualifying call with five new people per week. So I would phone every day because in order to create a meeting, sometimes you need to phone 10 people. So I figured out that the sweet spot for me was to phone five people every day consistently. And the more consistent you are with these tasks, the less feast and famine you'll create. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. So, and it doesn't really, it, I just want to interject here. Yeah, please. In my experience, it doesn't really matter the size of the business either, no, does it? You know, not at all. Not I've, at done all. It, I've done it as a solopreneur twice. Like, yeah, I did it in a networking business that I was in. It worked very well. And I did it. I, I had KPIs for um, real estate as well. And I, I probably should have done a better job in real estate. I probably would have been more successful as a realtor if I had stuck to it more as uh, when I was in that scenario. But uh, it doesn't. And, and then I've done it with a large business as well that I was running. So where I had a couple of employees 
or a few employees. So it doesn't, doesn't really matter the size of the business. It doesn't matter. In fact, whether you're a solopreneur, you still create feast and famine. You still, in, it's even worse when you're a solopreneur because you're wearing all the hats. So chances are some of the things that you need to do on a constant basis are not going to get done mm -hmm. because you're wearing too many hats and you're the one person doing it all. So it's that much more important to keep track of certain key performance indicators. And, um, Christina Parasini, an amazing designer here in Vancouver, um, she's actually doubled her business um, by implementing a few simple strategies from the Build to Rock process, but mainly by really understanding certain key performance indicators from her business. And that, she said to me, not only this program was this program vital to her business, but the simple things that you can keep track of can be really, really indicative of what you could do and how you could solve that in order to create more predictability. And a lot of people tell me, ah, you know, you can't, you can't predict, predict, you can't create predictability in my industry. I call bullshit on that. I've created predictability in every industry that I've worked with, with every client that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Assuming that you ask the right questions and that you have the right key performance indicators. And so I've named a few here, right? Cost per lead, gross income, net income, uh, profitability ratio, amount of referral uh, received, amount of calls done to actually create interest. And one of the things that I used to do like a pro, and I still do it, when I foresee that there's going to be a lull somewhere, and I can sniff those months in advance. You know, um, if I've been really like, for example, my my month of September has been completely, uh, completely different than my than my regular months. I was at events, really intense incubator events. So I didn't do what I normally do to actually create business in three months from now. So I know that I need, I have some catching up to do here because in three months from now, there will be a lull as a result of my September. Hmm. So it's really important to understand that and to know, huh, I can create predictability when I know what to keep track of and when I know how to rectify that. So right now, my biggest trick that I can give you um, is if you feel like you're creating a lull, Start calling a couple of clients that you've worked with in the past and ask them if they have anything for you, because this is what I would do. I would phone, let's say Harbor Center was a client for us, and I would phone Harbor Center, Heather was her name at the time, and I said, hey, Heather, I know you've, been, you've talked about this project and you've talked about creating this brochure for that particular event, and I, we've never really had a time to, to touch on the subject, and I'm telling you that in about three weeks, I'm going to have time to work on this. And I wanted to give you the first right of refusal. This is the key phrase right here. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give you the first right of refusal. This, the, I, I would never have to make more than two, three calls to get people to go book me and I'm in. Yeah. So it's not that you're trying to sell. It's you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. and you're being of service. And if someone that you've met at a BNI meeting at some point or a networking meeting and they've wanted to connect with you and it never got a time and something went off and you know you never get it you never got a chance to speak with them, then now is your chance to open up that door and say, I have three spots available, let's say, or even for coaching call, like coaching for coaching clients. You have a couple of coaching client spots available now. 
this is what I do. I phone the people that have in that have um, indicated an interest in working with me in the future, and I will say, now is your chance. I don't have empty spots very often. There's a couple clients that have completed their coaching program with me, and now I have two, three spots available, and I found a few people, and I'm, I want to give you the first right of refusal. So if it's first come, first serve, and there's only three spots. So you have about three days to make a decision here because <laughs> <laughs> it will get filled, and it is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. The way it the way it works, it actually gets people to take action. It gets people to go, you know what? I was going to call her in a month or two anyways. Might as well just do it now, right? Yeah. So it take action. But in order for you to be able to take action and lead, you have to know what's going on in your business. You have to have a good indication of um, what is going on so that you can alter it. And I have this whole podcast, which is going to be our goodie of the week this week, which I'm going to, I'm going to say this right away, but we can say it right after because it's a, it's a saying that I say a lot, which is if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I lose you? So, so yeah, you know, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to, so we talked about uh, earlier in this podcast, we talked about vision and planning. And we talked about your five-year vision, your 12-month goals, your three-month plan, and your weekly actions. And in your three-month plan, you have specific goals to attain here. And that's sometimes where I alter my key, my key performance indicators because I want them to be indicative of the, the goals that I have on my plate right now. So there might be key performance indicators that are long-term, that are buttons that you want to know and you want to know consistently. But you might have key performance indicators for this particular quarter as a result of your top three goals for this quarter. Does that make sense? Yeah. So your KPIs are coming out of the planning and vision that we talked about earlier. That's right. Because, you know, you might have a, for example, you might have a focus this quarter of creating a webinar and you might want to have 500 people at that live webinar. Well, 500 is your key performance indicator. This is the goal you want to hit. Well, then what are you going to do in order to make sure that you are reaching So you're going to create a Facebook ad and you're going to start monitoring the Facebook ad and you're going to go, oh my God, we've got three weeks left and I am, I am nowhere near my goal. See, if you're not measuring this, you're not going to know Mm -hmm. if you're measuring it, you're going to go, oh, what else can I do? I was working with a client once and two weeks before the end of their quarter to actually make their quarter, Mm -hmm. um, two weeks before I asked them, where are you at on your quarter? And, and right away they were about a thousand dollars short of making their quarter. And two weeks before the quarter ends, this is what they said to me. Oh, we're a thousand dollars short and we're probably not going to make it. And I went, are you crazy? You're like an, a hair away from making your quarter. Are you going to two weeks before two weeks is a long time to make something happen. You know, I said, come on, you're going to let go that easily. This is crazy. I refuse. I said, <laughs> Listen, I want you to tell me what proposals you have up up in the air or whatever the business is, right? What are some of the opportunities that you could land right now if you actually put a little bit of effort to it and if you actually put a bit of urgency to it? Mm-hmm. And had it not been for me really looking at their key performance indicators and, and really helping them put a little bit of fire under the bums, they would have been okay with not making their quarters. 
oh my God, I just can't believe people who function that way. <laughs> I just, for me, it would have been even a better fire. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. I was $30,000 short from a quarter once and, and I made it happen. Now that doesn't mean you have to make every quarter work, uh, but it means that at least you have the tools and the indicators so that you can give it your best shot. Most people go, yep, I didn't make the quarter, but and now I know. Well, had you known before, you could have done something about it. Yeah. Right? And this is so powerful, isn't it? Like, I'm amazed that so few people do this. Anytime I've had any kind of success in business or in sports, I've had this in place. I've had some KPIs, some things that I review daily and, and record. And But I'm amazed at how so few people... Uh, do this and have it have it written down. Have you has that been your experience as well? Absolutely, and and people fight me on this. Um, yeah. I'm working with a company right now, and she's like, you know, it's it's a lot of work. No, it's not a lot of work when you know how much more money and less effort you're gonna uh, you're gonna create as a result of this. And I was recently um, at a meeting with the CEO, and I was working with uh, with the. Well, it's a, it's a family business and I was working with the CEO, but then the, the, the owner uh, came in and, you know, I said to her, I said, see, now the, the, the real owner is wanting to know numbers and he's wanting to know results. And she had stopped kind of tracking KPIs midway through. And, and I was not able to really get her back on track on that. There's too many things on her plate and whatever the excuses were. But at the same time, we were in a perfect situation where I took advantage of it and I went, okay, this, I'm not going to name anybody here, but this so-and-so is the perfect example <laughs> of why KPIs are important. Right now, you've got the big kahuna of the business that is wondering what type of results we've created and why this is important. And if we had the KPIs that I wanted all along, this would not be an issue. This conversation would have been a breeze. And so she completely understood that, right? And went, oh my God, yes, totally get it. But it's not enough people do it. And I call, this is why I say operate by design, not by default. Yeah. Operating by design gets you to go where you want to go, the way you want to get there. And it doesn't mean it's perfect, but it means that you have the upper hand to tweak it as you go so that you can increase your results, increase your performance, and decrease the effort in getting there. Mm -hmm. Too many people work like maniacs for very little money, and, um, and it doesn't have to be. It does not have to be. Yeah when you know what you need to look at and, and look through. And so to me, it's, it's, a, it's a vital part of, and I, I have a whole spreadsheet of KPIs and, and what I keep track of. And every month, minimum, sometimes every week in our management, management meeting, my partner and I, we review our KPIs, we, re we review where we're at, and we review um, even down to the point where I keep track of, when I lead a webinar, I keep track of where people fall off, uh, how many people leave at the same time when I say certain things, uh, how many people stay all the way to the end of the webinar, how many people stay and ask questions. Um, those are all, there are different types of KPIs. There are KPIs for business, KPIs for marketing, KPIs for webinar. Like you can create KPIs for just about anything you do. Now, the goal is not for you to keep track of 100,000 KPIs and make that a full-time job. Yeah. But it's, it, the key is when you have a few intelligent KPIs that give you insight 
into your business, you can solve just about anything. Yeah. And often what I will do is in some of my Leap TV episodes, so for anyone here who would be interested in getting a lot more of, of how to build a business and how to build a brand that rocks, uh, there's uh, 60 Leap TV episodes at leaptv.com. And one thing that I've done in my Leap TV episodes is say at the very beginning or somewhere before people normally would drop, and I would say, in this episode, you will see a code appear. And the first person to write down the code on Facebook will win, and then I would give something that they would win, will win a, a one-hour consultation with me or will win a one-year membership to my Miley Tools membership site. Um, and, and, and I would, of course, put the code much later in the episode, obviously, mm -hmm. in a place where I know people are going to want to get to. And as of that place, they wouldn't drop because then there's a whole bunch of bloopers and people love bloopers. And there's just, you find ways to really get people's attention. But if you don't know they drop off at one minute 30, you can't do anything about it. Thus, my saying that is if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Right. <laughs> What's our leap of the week this week? Okay, so what I want everybody to do is I want you to choose and start tracking three key performance indicators. I can recommend a few. I can recommend definitely keeping track of your goals and gross income. So for this month, make sure that you have a gross income goal every month that you are going to want to reach. So gross income, net income, because at the end of the day, gross doesn't mean anything, uh, net income. And I would recommend for people to uh, keep track of the number of prospecting calls that they need to make per day or per week. To I go per day because it's easier for me to plan to make five calls a day rather than if I do it per week, I usually end up on a Friday with uh, 25 calls to make and I don't like that. So I really keep it to uh, an everyday thing. It doesn't have to be five. It could be three. Uh, but I would love for people to commit to take on the challenge of making three prospecting calls per day so that, and it could be some people you know, people you've worked with, people you've met recently, um, just to connect and actually be purposefully uh, connecting in um, asking for business or yeah. asking for an opportunity to help. But there could be other countless different, um, how many proposals you have live in, in the hands of your prospects is a good one. So pick three KPIs that you would be willing to start tracking and post them on the Built to Rock Facebook group. I would love to know what you guys are tracking and I will be able to help you and coach you through tracking those KPIs. Uh, of course, that is if you choose to participate and if you choose to share on Facebook. Yeah, this really works. So I hope people will do this, whether they put it on Facebook or not. I just invite people to write a few KPIs down and, and see the magic. <laughs> see the magic, exactly. It's incredible what will happen. Yeah, and the one thing that I'm going to say is pick your KPIs and do them for at least a month, ideally an entire quarter. Yeah. So yeah. An entire quarter is 12 weeks, which is, you know, three months and uh, an entire quarter. And if you think it's not working, keep going for a quarter. Don't adjust right away unless it's flagrant that you need to adjust something. You give it, give it some time to actually do its thing. Yeah. I did this for two years once in a network marketing setting and it was a really difficult business. It, the business did not have a good 
uh, reputation out in public, <laughs> but yeah. I was I was doing it anyways, and I I stuck to my KPIs for uh, two years, and we created a business that was doing about twenty thousand gross uh, a month. You yeah, know, so. awesome. And that was in a really difficult situation, and that's why I'm such a big believer in in this. Yeah, absolutely. And in writing them down and sticking to it for a long period of time, not just you know, just a week, oh, that didn't work or today. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, yeah, keep track of, of, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of giving it some time to actually do its magic. Right. Yeah. Which, right. Uh, which is leading me to our goodie of the week this week, which is a podcast tutorial that is entitled exactly what I said earlier. If you don't measure it, you can't manage it. And I go a little bit deeper. I give examples um, and, and you'll understand uh, KPIs a lot better once you've listened to this particular uh, podcast tutorial. So called If You Don't Measure It, You Can't Manage It. And uh, the link will be, of course, below this episode on fuelradio.com. Right on. And uh, we've begun talking a little bit more about the Build to Rock program. I'm sure interest is growing and people are, after hearing all of the great information that you shared, people are starting to think, well, I'd like to learn more. And this seems like a lot, but maybe, maybe I need a coach. <laughs> so yeah. tell yeah, us I, a little bit about Build to Rock. Thank you for sure. And you know what? Uh, small business owners, not all, of, not all small business owners can afford a one-on-one -on -one process with a coach. You know, one-on-one -on -one process with a coach can be anywhere from 15000 to seventy-five or even $100,000 per year. And not everybody um, uh, can afford that. So that's the reason why I created Built to Rock. And Built to Rock is an eight-module business and brand building system that is designed specifically for solopreneurs and small business owners. And it's designed to help you elevate the value that you provide and help you create a waiting list of clients who will want to work with you regardless of price. Um, what you will learn in the Built to Rock process, you'll learn to get crystal clear about where you're going, who you are, what problems you solve, and why your ideal client should choose you over anyone else. You'll uh, figure out, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll become effective at positioning yourself and your business to deliver value and massive impact. So basically, you'll create a customer experience that is um, amazing. You'll create an outstanding sales process to help you become and remain extraordinary so that you can avoid elimination. And of course, I'm going to help you get out of the best kept secret closet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a startup, right, if you're starting in business, mm -hmm. this program will help you set it up, set your business up right the first time, helping you avoid critical mistakes that most small business owners fall into uh, at the start, uh, the, at the startup phase. And if you've been in business and you have an established business, and if you're feeling stuck and unclear on how to grow without exponentially grow your workload, right? How you want to double your revenue without working, without doubling. You'll learn what you need to stop, start, and keep doing to shift your business and get paid uh, what you're really worth. So, and this program is by application only. Um, so I encourage you to go to buildtorock.com, apply. First of all, it's an extremely affordable program to begin with. Um, and for the listeners at fuelradio.com, I'm happy to give a $500 scholarship. So, but first you need to apply to see if you can, uh, to see if you fit the scholarship 
which of course at this at this point I'm giving it to everybody that are listening so you'll fit that but if you're the right fit for uh, for build to rock you'll get a one-on-one -on -one call with me this is part of the application process absolutely free um, and then we decide together if this is the right program for you. Uh, and then it's just a matter of getting you all set up and, and enrolled. But first, the first step in order to speak with me and in order to see if Built to Rock is for you is to go to builtorock.com and apply. Right on. So if you're listening on Facebook or, sorry, it's, it's escaped me for a sec there. Yeah, iTunes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even on Twitter, Yes. <laughs> go to fuelradio.com and you'll find the link for the Build to Rock program there. And uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we're going to talk about time management. <laughs> time management. There are so many people out there that are completely overwhelmed and don't know where to throw themselves, including myself. You know, I, I'm not talking about this like I'm the all and be all. I, I walk my talk, what I teach, I do, and I fall off the wagon like everybody and I go back on, back on the wagon like everybody. But next, next episode, I'm gonna talk about time management, I'm gonna talk about time management tools, and I'm gonna talk about you know, how I manage myself and how, how these tips and tricks can actually change the way you work. Mm. I'm looking forward to that because my experience with you is that you're really good at this, even though you're uh, saying you fall off the wagon once in a while. I, I, I look forward to hearing what you have to say about that. That's good. I, I look forward to sharing. <laughs>